0: Hello, everyone. This is the Radio Worldview Podcast. My name is August Huckabee. The Radio Worldview Podcast exists to teach students to live and think with a biblical worldview so that they can serve Christ and lead the culture. Tune in every week for perspectives on cultural events, the arts, the great books, and what it means to apply a biblical worldview to every aspect of reality. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you Enjoy. Okay, so to open up segment two then, yeah. let's kind of pick up where we left off with success and failure defining right. you and how do you right. how do you keep going from that? Yeah. There's a lot of talk in self-help books about perseverance mm-hmm. and grit and the ability yeah. to keep going. Um, so yeah, what's your, what's your perspective it's on that?
1: It's really hard to not... So our actions, our successes and our failures, which we do all the time. By default, as fallen civil human beings that is we define ourselves through those things we define ourselves by success or by failure and it's really hard to imagine a world in which those don't define us honestly because we are the ones that made the choices we are the ones that wrote the essay like well and it, you tried for the success or failure yeah right it's the work of our hands how yeah. could it not be what makes us who we are yeah and I think it comes back to the disconnect that happened through the fall hmm. that we, these things have become defining for us so if you think before the fall it's hard to think about imagine like what defines success and failure for adam and eve Mm -hmm. what did they do or not do that 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 succeeded or failed for them and the answer is they could literally do anything they wanted and it would be good except eating from the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil yeah and so it's like what do you want to do today well literally anything they they answer that question with other than eating from that fruit was the right answer yeah They were all good answers. And so did success or failure define them? No. They could do whatever they wanted, and it was all going to be good. And this is kind of our our memory, right? Mm -hmm. What we do should be good. What we do should be productive. Everything they did was productive. Everything they did worked. Things we do don't work. Things Mm -hmm. we do aren't productive. And that's because of the fall. We feel that in failure. Yeah, we feel that that tension, that friction. Yeah, mm-hmm. like if you ever, frustration. If you ever done evangelism, it should work. Yeah, it right. would have before the fall. Right, it doesn't now, but it should. Ever tried to love or serve someone? It should work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It should. It yeah. doesn't, but it should. <laughs> yeah, and we feel that, and we take on and kind of blame ourselves for it, but it's not. I mean, maybe you did it wrong, maybe you did it right. There's all kinds of factors there. But big picture, because the fall happened is why mm-hmm. it didn't work. Sure. It didn't work. Sure. Um, it's kind of odd way to think about it, isn't it? Sure,
0: yeah. I mean, it. it where my mind immediately yeah. goes is that that takes responsibility off of you. Yeah. Um, which... I get needs and doesn't need to happen. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like I kind of get. I also am like, like that just feels a
1: little dangerous to me. It is. Yeah. um, Yeah. For sure. I mean, it's complicated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, is it your responsibility if things go badly? To some extent, sure. Sure. And is it not your responsibility if things go badly? To some extent, also sure. Yeah. It's more complex than it's your fault or it's not your fault. It's definitely both and all the time. And so, yeah, there are things you could have done better, and yeah, I think I think one way to tap into here is the the perfectionism that I think you and I and everyone feels in some mm-hmm. areas of our lives. Like we really got to get this right. Yeah. The picture the Bible gives us is that we are not responsible for outcomes; that we are responsible for doing what God has called us to do today. Mm-hmm. And that He will take care of the outcomes. Yeah, I think that's a clear picture you see all throughout the Old and New Testament that we, do, we are faithful to the calling and mm-hmm. God makes it work. Yeah, We are faithful to the calling, God makes it work. And so what we, what we tend to do is take on more than that and say, okay, not only do I have to be faithful to the calling, but I have to make sure the outcome is what I want. Mm-hmm. And so we wear ourselves out and burn ourselves out and try to desperately control the situation to make sure it becomes the outcome that we want. Right, to show success and or something what, like that. What that does is it takes a responsibility that we weren't meant to have, and we take it onto our shoulders, yeah. the responsibility for outcomes. Yeah. We take try your hardest and think that means I have to expend every ounce of effort in every cell of my body <laughs> to make this happen. Mm-hmm. That's not what try your hardest means in the biblical sense. Try your hardest in the biblical sense means... Do what you can to be faithful to the calling has given the restrictions and circumstances you are in, sure. the appropriate amount of time you have, knowing that God has given you many callings and you need to balance them all. Mm-hmm. Give the proper segment to this thing and trust that God will use that for His, for the purpose of building his kingdom.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think of like stories of missionaries who've gone places and yeah. haven't seen converts or have for taken a very long time to see years. converts. 20 yeah, years. Yeah, right. And you just think, like, that's that's kind of this example that I think yeah, of, right? It's like, sure. okay, no. Like, of course they want to see converts. They want to yeah. see, you know, Christ spread to the nations. But they have to be content to be a step on the road of the gospel right. rather than being the presentation or the acceptance yeah. of the gospel. right? And that's different, and it's difficult. It is very difficult. For sure. Yeah.
1: And that is my picture of what christian living looks like in mm-hmm. this world is it's a, a lot of being faithful to the things that god has called for you today yeah trusting that it will work out yeah i i see life as being this is a metaphor that's maybe kind of odd at first have you ever heard of the of the labyrinth of greek mythology i have um maybe give me a so there's rundown this, on it there's this shifting maze underneath yeah. the ground, and it's huge, and it's constantly changing. And there's a minotaur in there who's like a guy that's half man and half bull. Mm-hmm. Who, if he finds you, he's just gonna like take you out. Yeah. There's no way you're gonna beat him because he's half bull. You know, mm-hmm. his head is of a bull. And so I see a life like this labyrinth, this shifting maze, and we we constantly come to intersection. We're like, which way should we go? Should we go left? Should we go right? And I feel like there's like a big arrow in the sky above each intersection saying which way you're supposed to go. But what we want to do is we want to use our logic and use our deductive reasoning and saying, well, the last three were left. So the fourth one, this one needs to be right. Mm-hmm. The arrow is still pointing left. Yeah. Or the last time I followed the arrow, there was a minotaur. <laughs> I'll run to that minotaur again. Yeah. And, but I think what the Bible offers us is a clear picture, more or less, of which way to go. On each turn. And even if the turn is saying go left and there's a Minotaur right there and you can see him, mm-hmm. the biblical call is to, okay, take that left turn and go towards the Minotaur yeah. and trust that God will take care of you. I feel like life is just very chaotic and outside of my control. Mm-hmm. I really feel that yeah. in my spirit right now, at least, sure. where I can't make things happen the way that I'd like them to. And instead, the call is to, weirdly obedience Mm -hmm. like one of the big answers to this whole identity thing is don't try to worry about yourself don't try to manipulate your circumstances so you can succeed obey and rest (laughs) yeah
0: yeah i guess my question with that is do you feel like that's a universal principle though yeah um you do
1: i really do i think because yeah
0: for me it's like the the example that i've come back to is like nehemiah right where it's like okay god has placed nehemiah at the foot of this king yeah but nehemiah clearly has like a desire right yeah. he clearly has a desire that's weighing on him yeah. in the scriptural story yeah and um and then the king you know by god's will or grace yeah. right asks what's going on and he gives him you know there's clearly like god acting in his yeah, favor sure. to make something happen right but then it's like okay the the king's like all right go do it and yeah. um and then it's like oh okay, Nehemiah's got to go do it now, right? right? Yeah. And it's it's his planning in some ways that's going to make that happen. Sure. And it's his, yeah. he's going to be the one that's leading and mm-hmm. all these things, right? So yeah. in my mind, it's just kind of like, as I've thought about this some over the last yeah. few weeks, it's like, all right, it kind of gets into free will predestination, I think. Sure. But um, but I do think that you just have to, I don't know, my, my working hypothesis yeah. is that there are, there are times, and there are also people for which, like the Lord, gives vision and works sure, through that. I agree. And then there's times and people and place, and like times and people for which it's called to be faithful, and it's just different, right? And I think that's important. Like, yeah. for me, that distinction is important. Mm. Um, I don't, I see them all as obedience. <laughs> sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I guess I don't understand two categories.
0: So, I guess when I. So my, um, I've talked about this a lot with uh, a couple of my friends and it's just this idea of like, I have always felt like I am a high, like vision, ambition, Mm -hmm. goals type person. Like I've just, and I don't know if that's just the way I was raised or if that's some of my personality too, Yeah. but I feel like sometimes in Christianity, I bump up against other people. I'm not saying you're one of them, but I think some of our, I think, um, Jeff Baldwin is one of them, who basically just says, like, well, the Lord's going to do what he's going to do, and so I'm not going to have ambition to go do something. I'm just yeah. going to kind of do what's in front of me today. Sure. And um, and I think, and as I've seen other people, like, there's other people here in the in the community who yeah. run different ministries sure. that I would call, like, a hobbit-type person, mm-hmm. right, who's, like, very content to yeah. just kind of, like, yeah. do what I'm going to do today, yeah. build a home, And just kind of do that. And then there's others who I think are more, to use the Tolkien reference, right? Who are more like, you know, Strider or uh, whatever. Aragorn. Yeah, 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 Strider. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Aragorn, right? Kind of in his early days or um, like the elves and, or just, you know, people people who have different missions and visions and callings. Yeah. And so. I don't know. I feel like I bump up against a narrative sometime of saying, Oh, ambition is bad. Yeah. Um, versus me feeling like, well, I feel like this is really built into me yeah. and it feels like I'm having yeah. to kill like a part of who I am to yeah. to not dream about the future. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um or to to have big dreams. You
1: know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't feel I mean So Nehemiah was in the King's presence. Yeah. And he wanted to go back to Israel, but Mm -hmm. he didn't even tell him that. The king asked him about it, and what he did, which I think was really key, was that he admitted out loud to the king what he wanted. Right. And thus he got to fulfill his vision and his dream. And maybe if that hadn't happened, maybe he would have brought it up. I don't know. Yeah, but
0: what he didn't do is say, Oh, I'm so sorry, king, that I had emotions on my face. I'm just a discontent please forgive me which is terrible he didn't say it no that would be bad like he
1: I just think there's something
0: with like he actually said what he wanted yes no that's what I'm
1: saying yeah he admitted it out loud Mm -hmm. and so I think honoring the pass. so passions and ambitions are gifts from God that God has given us yeah and one of the ways we obey is by honoring them and admitting them to ourselves and and trying to do the things that are appropriate to them I mean within you know the picture that God has for us and so I don't think, I don't see ambition and obedience as opposites. Yeah. I see honoring the, the callings and the, the movements that God has given you as a way to obey God. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. I don't know. Does that?
0: <laughs> I think that's helpful. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, I think that's helpful and makes sense to, to clarify and talk I about a little. I
1: think dishonoring your passions and your strong feelings Is a way to avoid what God is telling you (laughs) what to do. I mean, God made our motions, He made our reason, He made the Bible, and He uses those things to speak to us, right? Yeah, because He made us, He uses us to speak to us sometimes. Yeah, well, it's just so
0: funny. So, like, I an example that comes to mind is a friend of mine who um, really loves playing drums, and he has played drums for a long time, he's really good at it, he's played in church context before, he went to a new church. And they offered him kind of a position to play drums on the worship yeah. team. And he just kind of, like, had this crisis about it where yeah. he's just like, well, I, th- I feel like if I do this, then I'm, it's going to kind of be about me, and I just don't want it to be about me, so I'm yeah. not going to do it. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, what, bro? Like, yeah. <laughs> you have giftings, you got talent. Yeah. Like, you got a gifting to do this. Right? You have an opportunity that you right. can do it. Um, and But he's just, there's, like, this need yeah. to, like, self um, deprecate yeah. in some ways. And um, mm-hmm. and I th- think that's part of self-identity in right. some ways, right?
1: right. It's an like, in insecurity, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Where and, and I've just struggled with that where it's like, okay, yeah. I have in some ways I have to come to a reality that it's like there are going to be times where I do things that um, look, well, there are going to be times when I do things that are for selfish reasons. Sure. And there are going to be times when I do things that are for unselfish reasons, yeah. and I can either sit in the corner and worry that I'm going to be doing it for selfish reasons right. for all of eternity, right. or I can at least go do it and try to
1: do yeah. the good thing, right, right? To try to do a good right. thing. Um, I mean, the irony of the yeah. situation is that both his talent and his skill and the opportunity are all gifts from God. Yeah, exactly. They are all God given for him, it, right? Yeah. Right. And so there's these are he's just drowning in gifts. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he. And although they obviously connect, yeah, there's an insecurity, there's an identity issue that's in the way, right? right? And I think, I think motive conversations are often unhelpful, and I think that's a common thread that I hear in churches. We talk about motives a lot, yeah, but I don't know the the value of it, really. Yeah, hmm. all that I've seen happen because of people talking about motives is paralysis yeah totally like that's the outcome if you talk about motives yeah what i want the attention to be on is is the thing good mm-hmm. yes do you have the ability to do it yes well then do it i don't mean good in a superficial sense i mean good in a god honoring full sense yep if it's a good thing and you god has given you the gifts to do it and you want to do it do it hmm. like let's not let motives cloud things mm-hmm. is your motive bad yeah probably yeah but how do you think god changes your motives like how do you think the motive changing process looks right do you think it comes through introspection it mostly comes through do you know how to change your your heart you can't mm-hmm. but your actions can change your yeah. motives right so do the good thing because it's a good thing even though your motives are bad do you know what do you know what that is called yeah. faith yeah that's right. faith right you're trusting god and that even faith, though your fullness. motives are bad yeah that he is going to do good through this thing And so I guess, I don't know if it's an exhortation, but do the good thing because it is good because God has called you to do good things. And have faith that God will alter your motives. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's a
0: good word. Um, That's a good word. So like I make country music, right? And I go play gigs around town and different things like that. And yeah, it's it's always just feels weird to try to promote because it just feels narcissistic, right? It feels like, oh, come look at me. But at the end of the day, it's like, all right, I like I understand that that is a, like people can look at that and say, oh, he's just trying to get attention. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's like, no, I want my music to be about creating a community for yeah. people to come and enjoy and connect yeah. and listen to stories that sound similar to yeah. like their experiences, right? right? Like you wanna right. create a community. right? But nobody can see that, right? It's just so interesting because no one can see that really unless they're in the inner circle with me Mm -hmm. or unless they come and experience it. Right from, I I just think like from the shallow world that social media creates Mm -hmm. or that some of that stuff creates, it just looks like narcissism. And that's, it's just such a hard line to walk. But Mm -hmm. I've had to walk through it because I'm just like, well, I don't, I don't like that. I don't want to become. I don't want to become a narcissist sure. and I don't want to come across as one. Right. Um, but you also just have to, like, you know, p- people probably aren't going to come to your shows if they don't know what's happening. Yeah, so there's just this, sure. like, yeah. there's this kind of catch 22 that's going on. It is really challenging, I think.
1: Yeah. I think in marketing, I, I weirdly draw an analogy to, like, support raising. Okay. Because it seems kind of similar, yeah, right? Right. Right. You're going to people and telling them what you're doing and asking yeah. them to support you financially. And, right. Where. It seems at one level like you're you're asking people for money, right? And then, like, what is that? But I think it's it's not that, right? Mm-hmm. What you're offering in both contexts is a gift. It's a right. it's a way to connect with you. It's a way to connect with the good things that you are doing, right? Yep. they can listen to your music. They can partner with your ministry. Yeah, and those are good things to do. Music is a good thing, and it's worthy of our attention and meditation. And, cool. And yep. so is ministry right right
0: right yeah yeah and it, it is funny like with support raising it's just interesting because they like if you go to a seminar on how to do yeah. support raising it can feel like sales at times yeah. or something where you're yeah. trying to be like oh you use the vernacular of you want to bring them on as partners in your ministry yeah, right and again it's this motive thing yeah, where yeah. it's like well you like I can view that as a manipulation tactic right? right. or I can internalize that right. and really view it as truth. Right. Um, and you can practice it. Yeah. Like because you can then, act as if they're partners. You absolutely. Know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Because then it's not manipulation. No. You're truly asking someone to come be a part of your team right. and you really mean that. Right. right. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's just kind of, it's funny because again, it can, it can feel odd at times yeah. or I think what we run into with people. Considering support raising yeah. is they have seen others support raise and they felt yeah. like man that just felt like a sales tactic. Yeah, I don't like how that feels, so I yeah. don't want to go do that. Yeah, and um, we have to really try to get potential staffers past this barrier of like, okay, maybe this was your experience, yeah. but like here's the application and here's like a yeah. Christ-like motive behind sure. it, and. You can apply that cross-like
1: motive, and then you're good. Right. Like then it makes sense. Right. Um, I mean, both yeah, sport raising and marketing have been done badly. You know, oh, definitely they have been done for selfish reasons, and so that is in the in the water. But you don't it, you don't have to do it in that way. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. you probably you and I probably will at times. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, I, were you gonna say something? But I mean, that's why there's th- repentance and forgiveness. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's why. Yeah. is not about, oh, failure defining you. It's about failure as an excuse to go mm-hmm. to Christ, to repent, and be forgiven. Right. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I read a book a while back called Inside Out by Dr. Larry Crabb. Yeah. And he's, it was kind of introduced to me as this intro to psychology book. Yeah. Or um, I think that's right, intro to mm-hmm. counseling book. But um, it basically just spends like eight chapters talking about how you have mixed motives in, yes. in everything that you do. Yes. And even your best intentions are still selfish. And yes. you just, like, I finished that book. I'm not sure I could even finish it. Um, I'm not sure I even finished it because I got depressed. Yeah. I was just like, man, oh, my gosh, I'm such a horrible person. Yeah, And I spent a couple months just, like, wrestling with that. Mm-hmm. And then you get to this point of, like, okay, maybe these things are true, but you can still do good things in the world, yeah. and there can be glimpses of Christ's redemption amidst the sin, and yeah. that's kind of what life is about, is yeah. pursuing the ideal,
1: knowing that it's going to still be flawed as right. you pursue it, right. right? I mean, Christ didn't come for people that had it together. Yeah. <laughs> Christ came for people that didn't have it together. Absolutely. Like, us. like that's. He said, I did not come for the healthy, but to the sick. Yeah. We're the sick ones. Yep. We're the ones that Christ came for. Yep. And our sickness is just more opportunity to go to Christ, yep. who is the healer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And
0: ultimately pursue Christ-likeness, even though it's not Christ's fullness, Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Well, I think that's a pretty good place to wrap up, Great. if you're okay with that. Yeah. I mean, um, anything else you want to add or thoughts?
1: I think... I think one maybe pitfall to think about before we go is people talk about my identities in sports, my identities in my job, my identities in my family, and I need to change it and put it onto Christ. I need need to put my identity in Christ, and that's kind of a rallying cry that I hear sometimes. I think it's a a poor metaphor for what it actually looks like to put your identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. You were made in God's image. You were you were made in the image of God and so your identity in the most profound and fundamental sense is in Christ already <laughs> Christ has saved you what more how more could your identity already be in Christ mm-hmm. so I think this is where the um, active reception is really the metaphor we need where it's instead of trying to put my identity in Christ I accept and admit the fact that it's already there <laughs> yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so instead of actively trying to make my identity a certain thing, I actively receive the identity that's already been given yeah. through Christ. Rather than trying to chase and pursue you can sit and receive. Right. And I think that I think the it's active, it's not passive reception. And that's yeah. an important distinction. Mm. But it's an active reception of the identity that Christ has already given to us. Mm. Yeah. And we could explore that further maybe, but yeah. but it is it's an important distinction. It's not passive. Yeah, it is an act of reception it's an act of saying yes Christ has made me for this I am receiving it it's like the receiver you can throw the perfect pass receiver has to reach out his hands right (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know you have to receive the pass you can't just let the ball go by right Right. (laughs) that's a good point yeah okay anyway
0: well thanks man thank you so the name of your um, the name of your devotional series is Identity Identity yeah okay and it'll be selling this summer yeah will it come out before then uh, I don't know exactly. <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah. you're still working on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it'll be out by this summer yeah. at the at the latest. Camps, yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, well, thanks again for Thank being you. on, Nathan. Yeah. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks for joining us. For more information about our Worldview Academy summer camps, you can visit worldview.org. Or for more information about our Gap Year program, you can go to worldviewbridgeyear.com. Thanks again. Hopefully we'll see you soon.